You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the November 18th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast, the NFL Week 11 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. We are past the halfway point now of the season. We're on the grind part of the season, the true grind. The end's not really in sight. We're kind of right in the middle of the season. Handicapping games are getting a little bit tougher because teams look good one week, bad the next. Um, I don't have any, I don't have a victory song this week. I don't have a losing song. If anything, I deserve just kind of silence after what I did this past week. I went seven, six, and one for plus 0.51 units. So it was technically a winning week. I walked away with a profit, half a unit. Profit's a profit, but that's all it was, was half a unit this week. Um, that brings my season results. The road to 272 bets now sits at 89 wins 60 losses one push for plus 26.57 units uh so let's quickly uh recap here this past week a little bit of an interesting week um especially because uh, as you noticed uh i have a push now on my record the reason being which you probably know if you listen to last week um did i hit a spread right on the number no i was on a money line underdog and of course my cat's gonna scratch at the door all right, start your timers. I just let my cat out, and I bet you she'll be scratching to get back in within 90 seconds. Um, because, of course. Uh, because, of course, she doesn't want to be quiet. Just leave me alone while I record my podcast. She's got to be as big of a nuisance as possible. But, um, no, I didn't hit a spread right on the number. I had a money line underdog pick that tied the Detroit Lions at plus 310. What a hit that would have been. They would have threw a parade for me in the streets of Brooklyn if I hit that money line underdog pick. But of course, they missed an extra point, which lost it. Um, and then they had a uh, a field goal attempt in the overtime, which would have won the game, which might have been the worst field goal attempt of all time. And I don't know if you guys are watching the game and looked at the kicker. I like they showed the kicker on on, on the screen like before he attempted the field goal. Um, I knew he was going to make it. I like Google this guy. What is this guy's name? Google this guy's face. I've never seen um, a guy look less like a guy who's going to kick a game-winning field goal. Oh, they released him. They re- Ryan Santoso, they released him this week. Good. I mean, I don't want to root for someone to lose their job. But uh, look, Google Ryan Santoso. That is not the face of a guy who's going to kick a game-winning field goal in overtime. That is the guy who's certainly... He looks like a guide at the bar. He ain't hitting a game with a field goal. Um, I got into it with Titans fans tonight. Uh, I'm recording this late because uh, I was distracted while writing my note because I was just getting in arguments with Titans fans on Twitter. But hey, that's going <laughs> to gonna happen. So, push a draw. I've never had that. I've never had a money line pick in the NFL that was that literally ended in a tie. So, that's a push. Someone asked me if that's a loss. It's not a loss. It's a push. Um, 
what 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 other bets did I have? The Falcons. I'll get to the Falcons in a little bit here. Ravens was a weird one on Thursday night. Um, Browns lost. Browns are a very strange team. Looked fantastic one week, terrible the next week. Uh, I did sweep the late afternoon slate, which is nice because the last few weeks have been bad in the late afternoon. But good this week. I went four and zero there. But then I would have had a pretty solid week. Uh, but then I lost both the uh, the final prime time. Yeah, I like I went zero three in prime time this week. So Sunday night and Monday night both lost, but at the end of the day, I finished profitable. So that's the goal, especially we're already up so much this uh, this season. Just being able to stay profitable, uh, not losing units each week is kind of the goal. Let's just kind of maintain where we're at here. I'd like to get above 30 units. That would be nice, but um, as long as we're not losing, I'm happy. Uh, I don't really have anything else to get into. I don't have any... My rants this week are all based on two different teams that I'm going to talk about when I get to the pick. So I don't have any, I don't have any pre pick rant here this week. Um, I do need to let you know to remind you to please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it. That helps us quite a bit. We are growing and I appreciate all of you uh, that are listening. If you have two seconds, leave a little rating. If you have five seconds, leave a little review that helps us out quite a bit. And also, uh, Bet and Breakfast. I've advertised this in the past. It's a brand new bet-sided podcast. I'm on it at least once a week, and I think it's usually Thursday. So after you listen to this, go ahead and listen to that as well. And then finally, I didn't mention this. I think two weeks ago, maybe it was last week, the bet-sided contest. Um, can you hear the ambulance in the background? We'll see if we get a little appearance from the garbage truck. No garbage truck the past couple weeks. Uh, but bet-sided contest. It's a thing called Bet You. You can be in a competition with other people. You'll get $250 in free bets. The person who is the best handicapper who wins the most money with that $250 will win a grand prize of $10,000. They've also expanded uh, the requirements for it. Um, You no longer need to be a college student. So now all it is, if you are 21 years or older and you are living in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or Virginia... If you live in one of those six states and you're 21 or older, all you need to do is go to the BetSided Twitter account, at BetSided, retweet it, quote retweet it with the hashtag um, contest entry, and follow BetSided. That's all you got to do to enter. And if you get chosen, you'll be in BetU. At the very least, you get $250 in free bets. And then if you win, you win a $10,000 grand prize. Guess who's scratched on my door right now? To be honest, to be fair, I think she went over the 90 seconds, but of course. Come on in, Daisy. You little rascal. That's all I gotta that's all I gotta say though. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it, subscribe to the Bet and Breakfast podcast, and then enter the contest if you want a chance at winning ten thousand dollars. I wish I could enter because I could really use ten thousand dollars right now, I'll tell you that. Daisy, I just let you in. She's scratching the door to get out again. What do you want, buddy? Make up your fucking mind. What? I'm going to let you out and then you're going to want to come back in again. Jesus, Murphy. There. Get out of there. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> uh, this is the November 18th episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. NFL Week 11. Let's get into it. Get into my picks. 15 games this week. I, guess, I think we're, we must be getting close to the end of bye weeks. Yeah, I think there's still a few weeks. But we have 15 games. Only two teams are on bye. Don't ask me what teams are on bye because I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, but Thursday night football, where we are always going to start. And if you have, fo- if you follow me on Twitter, I assume all of you, most of you do, then you know how I feel about this game. Patriots-Falcons. I tweeted this out earlier, well, I'm on Patriots. I'm on Patriots minus 7, minus 105, and I tweeted this out earlier in the week. I'm not a fan of locks. Sports betting is way too random for you to ever be positive or even extremely confident about the outcome of a game. I will never tell you that something's a lock that's a guarantee, but with that being said, this game, Patriots minus 7, minus 6.5, whatever you get of that, this is my max bomb whale play 
100% guarantee there's no way it loses lock of the absolute eternity. Now gamble responsibly, don't bet more than you normally would, but there is no way, there's no scenario, there's no universe. Even if you believe in the multi-universe where there's a possibility of every single thing happening, there's not a universe out there that exists where the Falcons win this game. It's not going to happen. They're 0-6 straight up and against the spread in their last six against the Patriots. They haven't beat or covered the spread since Bill Belichick took over as head coach. And now this is a cursed matchup. Everyone, including myself, started to get high on the Falcons when they were 4-4 heading into last week. But their wins were against the Giants, Dolphins, Jets, and Saints. None of those teams are good. Saints aren't a good team. And then the Cowboys exposed them for the football team they are, which is a bunch of bums. At best, we're a rebuilding football team. And that's fine. That's fine. But this Patriots team is for real, and there is no way that they don't absolutely wipe the floor with the Falcons just days after the Falcons got absolutely embarrassed. I had to look away during that game. That game against the Cowboys was tough to watch. I was covering it for VEASAN, uh, the sports betting radio station, of course, on satellite radio. I do their green zone every week where I cover a game. It's usually the Falcons games I cover. So I had to watch it. I had to cover it. I had to talk about it. That was tough to watch. It was so bad that they like said goodbye to me at the end of the third quarter because the game was over by then. They could have said goodbye to me at halftime. That was one of the worst performances I have seen in my entire life of being a football fan at any level. That was like watching a Division I college team beat up a Pop Warner team down the street. That was embarrassing. If I was on the Falcons in that game, I might retire after that game. It was that bad. That was a shameful, shameful performance. Truly terrible. The Falcons have had a cupcake schedule and they still rank in the bottom 10 of almost every single important stat. This is a blowout. Not only is it a blowout, but we're... And there's my cat scratching the door. No, Daisy, I'm not letting you out again. No, you gotta stay in here. Not only is this game gonna be a blowout, but we're gonna get the 28-3 Super Bowl shoved in our face the entire broadcast. Now, if you're a Falcons fan, I recommend not watching the game. Honestly, don't. Now, me, myself, I have to. I have to watch the game for work. I have to watch the game, you know, for content purposes. But I will I, I, I will be at least six beer deep by the time opening kickoff happens. What a, what a, what a terrible week to be a Falcons fan. First, we have to watch our team just get absolutely pumped by the Cowboys. And now, less than a week later, we have to watch us get pumped by the Patriots while getting the 28-3 game shoved in our face. And as a cherry top, this is the cherry on top, this is our only primetime game of the year. This is the Falcons' only primetime game of the year is one against the Falcons, knowing that they're just going to shove the 28-3 game in our face. Brutal. Now, I will admit... Part of this handicap is obviously, clearly, me being mad at the Falcons for what they did this past week. But, they aren't a good football team. I'm looking, I was looking, I was trying to find the, the biggest alternate spread that I could find a sports book would offer today. And I found, what was it, minus 19 and a half, I think, like plus 375. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sprinkle on that. I'm not going to count on my record, of course. But, I'm gonna, I might sprinkle on that. This is not, this is not going to be close. I promise you, this won't be close. Now, I've gone on record saying all this, um, and of course, I would gladly be wrong about this if the Falcons went out right, but now that I'm kind of saying this and I'm kind of getting in my own head, the, the nightmare scenario is going to be Patriots win but Falcons lose, because then, then I'm an idiot on all fronts. So that's probably what's going to happen. Or sorry, Patriots win, Falcons cover the spread, is what I meant to say. That would be a nightmare. Because then me saying that the Patriots are going to win by a million, I'll be dead wrong. And then I won't even get the satisfaction of the Falcons actually winning the game. So, maybe, Patriots are probably going to win Falcons cover. But, I just don't, I don't see a scenario where the Falcons stay in this game. It is going to be just a terrible night to be a Falcons fan. But, that's, that's what I signed up for, I guess. That's what I signed up for when I created the player in Madden 2005 and put him in the draft and said whatever team he gets drafted by is going to be my favorite team. I've talked about this before, but, and I know I'm ranting about this game so long, but you watch Community, you watch that episode where they toss up like a, a, a die, a dice, and then it shows like the time, the different timelines that break off depending on where the die landed. 
I'm living in the timeline where I entered my player in the 2000 Madden 2005 Superstar mode. I'm living in the timeline where that player got drafted by the Falcons. I'm convinced my life split off, split off into 32 different timelines from that point. <laughs> and I am living in 32 different lives. And the one that I'm currently in... Daisy, stop scratching at the door! I'm going to toss you out the window. Not actually, I'd never do that. Um, the timeline I'm living in is the darkest timeline, which is the one where my player got drafted by the Falcons. Why couldn't he be drafted by the... I'd take the Bills. At least they have hope right now. The Chiefs would be nice. Alright, Daisy, I'm going to let you out. Everyone start your time or see how long it takes until she scratches the door to come back. This is a, a recurring bit now on this podcast the past two weeks that I'm not a fan of, to be honest. I don't know what to do with her when I record the podcast. She gets antsy. Doesn't want to be in, doesn't want to be out. Anyways, I've ranted about this game for like 10 minutes now. Patriots, minus 7, minus 105 is my bet. <laughs> Moving on to Sunday's games. Uh, Ravens-Bears are going to take the Ravens, minus 5, minus 110. Now, obviously, the first thing we need to look at when handicapping any game that involves the Ravens is their opponent's run defense. Bears are 19th in opponent yards per carry, allowing 4.4 yards per rush, and 35.19% of the yards gained on the Bears come on the ground. That's the 10th highest rate in the NFL. So, advantage Ravens there. Now, the Baltimore defense does concern me a little bit. They are somehow one of the worst defenses in the NFL this season in most major stats, which is very strange to me. Uh, but we'll see how this pans out. But I just... I, I can't back the Bears against good teams. I might be like I was two weeks ago. Hey, Bears fans, don't get mad at me. I was on Bears money line Monday Night Football against the Steelers a couple weeks ago when you guys blew it. So, I'm not a Bears hater. Ravens are too good for them, though, I think. I'll take Ravens minus 5, minus 110. Then we got Browns and Lions. Um, this is my shortest. I have the fewest notes for this game more than any other game. I'll take Browns, minus 11.5, minus 110 here. I'm starting to feel like both these teams are kind of like you you need to bet on the opposite of what they did the week before. It feels like every time the Browns are good, they lay an egg the next week. And then when you think they suck, they blow a team out. And then every time you think the Lions suck, they almost win. And then you think, oh, they almost won last week. I should bet on them this week. And then they get blown out. So, Browns lost last last week. Lions kept it close. Now you got to do the opposite. Browns went in a blowout. Is that the stupidest handicapping I've ever done? Yes. But the Browns are still fourth in the NFL in net yards per play. The Lions are third last. So if you want stats, there's a pretty basic uh, overarching stat. Net yards per play. Browns fourth, Lions third last. I will repeat once again what net yards per play is because I do have this stat quite a bit in my notes. I look at net, I look at yards per play separately offense and defense more at the start of the season. Once the season goes along, I look more towards net yards per play, which is really just a combination of the two. It's your uh, yards per play on offense. You subtract the yards given up per play on defense. That's net yards per play. Pretty straightforward, pretty self-explanatory. Browns are fourth in the NFL. Lions are third last. Uh, they're only better than the Jets and Texans, the Lions are. So I will take the Browns, minus 11.5, minus 110. Uh, then we got uh, underline money dog. Did I say underline? Tough. Money line underdog pick of the week. The Vikings plus 110. Now, I will say I'm on two tiny underdogs. I don't have any big underdogs this week. I got burned on them twice the past two weeks. If I would have just taken the spread, I would have won both Bears against Steelers on Monday night and then Lions last week when I was a tie. I would have won if I just bet the spread. So now I'm kind of nervous to take any big underdogs. So I'm sticking to just small ones. First one is Vikings plus 110 here against the Packers. The Packers are the frauds of the NFC right now. Now, we're going to talk about the frauds more here in a little bit. Um, Packers are an NFC fraud, though. What are they? 8-1 against the spread? 9-1 against the spread? Uh, I think they're number one seed right now in the NFC. But you look at the stats, and you guys know I'm a stats guy. 11th in the NFL in net yards per play. 11th. 11th in the NFL in net yards per play. Everyone was all over Aaron Rodgers, but the Packers are 15th in yards per pass attempt. Very average offense. Now, I will say, their defense is elite against the pass. That's where their strength lies, is defending the pass. That's the best thing that the Green Bay Packers do. Third in opponent yards per pass attempt, but they can't stop the run. 26th in opponent yards per carry. I'll repeat that. Third in opponent yards per pass attempt, 
26th in opponent yards per carry. So the recipe to beat the Packers, at least if you're going up against their defense, is very clearly to run the ball. And we saw the Vikings beat a team last week that is vulnerable against the run. I think they do it again this week. And then a few more additional interesting notes here. The Vikings are 7th and 3rd down defense. Packers defense is 22nd. Packers defense also 29th in red zone scoring. And also finally, as I've said before, I would never bet solely on this fact. This would never be my reason for making a pick, but it is worth noting. The Packers are what, 9-1 against, against spread or 8-1? They had their bye week. Regardless, they've only not covered once this year, and I think it was the opening game of the season against the Saints. Uh, it was that, that is, not I think, that is the only time they didn't cover was opening game. That's going to regress. Maybe it's not this week, to be fair, maybe Packers win this week and they don't cover the next couple weeks after this, but a team's not going to finish 16-1 and against the spread, 15-2, and 14-3. and This is going to regress a little bit. Um, but like I said, this that's just an interesting note to throw out there. I'm not basing the bet on that. I like the Vikings matchup offensively against the Packers defense. And I think the Packers offense is overrated. I'll take Vikings on the money line at plus 110. Then we got Texans-Titans. Here we go. Get ready for this rant. I had one rant about the Falcons. My second rant of the day is going to be about the Titans. I'm taking the Texans plus 10.5, minus 115 here. And this is less of a bet on the Texans and more of a fade on the Titans. This team is not good. I'm labeling them the frauds of the AFC and also the frauds of the NFL. If there's a fraud Super Bowl between the Titans and the Packers, the Titans take the crown for being the frauds of the entire NFL. Now, don't forget, I am an expert at calling out frauds. I called out the Steelers last year when they were 11-0. I said they are the worst. Oh, do you hear that noise? How long did it take? Three minutes for my cat to scratch at the door to come back inside? She has come in and out of my room about 15 times in the past 20 minutes. What the hell? Stay in, Daisy. I call <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers when they were 11-0 last year. I called them the worst 11-0 team in the NFL, and people sewered me for it. And that week, I took Washington football team on the money line as a big underdog. Steelers went on to lose that game. They lost. One, they went 1-5 to finish out the season, and then lost the first round of the playoffs. Earlier that year, the Bears were 5-1. I called them frauds. They finished 8-8 eight and eight and then got embarrassed in the wildcard round against the Saints. Two years ago, I famously called the New York Islanders frauds. They were first in the NHL in December. I went on video calling them frauds. And then, luckily for the Islanders, they got saved by the whole pandemic. They are easily on pace to miss the playoffs. They are like 7th, 8th in the Eastern Conference. And then the season got um, postponed due to the whole COVID-19 and shutting down sports. But, I was on my way to being right about that take as well. By the way, I'm going to the Islanders Maple Leafs this uh, this Sunday. I trashed that was I if you didn't follow me on Twitter back then, that was a huge thing. I had John Taffer of Bar Rescue coming after me, Kevin Connolly of of, of Entourage, Frankie Borelli from Barstool. I had all the Islanders people coming after me. I had Islanders people in my DMs saying not so nice things, say show your face in New York, show your face at an Islanders game. I will. This Sunday, I'll be at the Islanders game in their new arena, UBS Arena, against my Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll wear my Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, and I'll be very loud. And I will need any of those Islanders fans who talked a lot of shit in my DMs. Feel free to come say hi. I'm doing it. I said I would. Here I am, two years later, almost two years later to the date. I'm in New York. I will show my face. I will cheer for my Maple Leafs, and they will win 8 to nothing. But I digress. Back to the Titans. Back to the most recent fraudulent team. Um, 24th in net yards per play. This is not a good team. They're sandwiched in between the Washington football team and the Falcons. Now, I've spent the majority of my evening while I was supposed to be taking notes for this podcast arguing with Titans fans because I tweeted out. I said, the Titans are the most fraudulent team in the NFL and it's not even close. 23rd in yards per play, which is worse than Washington, Giants, and Jacksonville. 23rd in opponent yards per play, worse than the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Falcons. They are frauds. And of course, I had Titans fans 
in my mentions coming after me. And there's two big things, which is their big counterpoint um, to me saying the Titans are frauds. Number one, and I've had several guys say this, Oh, have you even watched any of their games? No. I have a career in sports betting and I just haven't watched a single second of Titans games. Of course I've watched their games. And even if I didn't, what's going to happen if I watch their games, the statistics change? Numbers are numbers. Stats are stats. If anything, watching games is kind of misleading to an extent. And then the number two is, um, how are you calling them frauds and they're eight and two? These are the morons I got to deal with on Twitter. You're right. Let me call the Jacksonville Jaguars frauds. Let me call the New York Jets frauds. You idiots. That's the point. Is that I don't think they're as good as the record. What am I supposed to do? Call a team that's 2-8 and eight frauds? Oh yeah, that's a hot take. That doesn't even make sense by the word, the definition of the word frauds. If I'm calling a team frauds, that means that they have to have a good record. The definition of that is that I'm saying they're not as good as the record is. So for your counterpoint to be, yeah, but they're 8-2, and two, so what? <laughs> that's the point. That's kind of the point, people. Am I taking crazy pills? I don't understand what you do. I'll call the Jaguars fraud. Sure, because everyone thinks the Jaguars are a good team, so I'll have a hot take and say they're frauds. Oh, but they but they but they beat the Bills, but they beat the Chiefs, yeah. And now everyone thinks they're good. I'm calling them frauds. That's the definition of it. If everyone thought a team wouldn't be good, then I would then there wouldn't be frauds. A good NFL team would not be 24th in net yards per play. I don't understand how you can't how you can't understand that. Now, of course, you guys are the, the people I was arguing with. Are, everyone who always like argues with me when I call the team frauds, 100% of the time I look in their bio and they say uh, that they're a fan of the team. Which means not only are they a fan of the team, but they're such a diehard, blind fan that they feel the need that it's part of their personality, so they have to put it in their Twitter bio that they cheer for that team. Now, I will say, the Titans' win against the Bills was impressive. Bills probably still should have won that game. And I'm not taking away the wins. Good for them. They did what they had to do to win those games. They deserve to be 8-2. and two. My point in calling them frauds is that they are now going to be overrated from a betting standpoint for the rest of the season. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to take away those wins. All I'm saying is that they aren't as good as a, of a team as their record indicates. That's not to say that they don't deserve to have that record. That's not to say that they aren't the number one seed in the AFC. They went, they won those games. They did what they had to do. But don't crown them Super Bowl champions, a team that's 24th in net yards per play. A team that hasn't done well moving the ball. A team whose defense is kind of bend but don't break. They aren't, an, they aren't a Super Bowl winning team. They aren't. And I will continue to bet against them. Now you might be saying... Even if you think they're so shitty, then take the Texans' money line. Oh, the Texans are dead last in net yards per play. So, uh, Texans, as, as, as much as I'm shitting on the Titans here, the Texans are the worst team in the NFL. So, not going to take money line. I'll take the 10.5 points, though. Um, let's look at, I mean, let's look at some recent games by the Titans. The refs handed them the game last week against the Saints. Even as a Titans fan, you there's no way you watched that game against the Saints and thought that was a fairly ref game. And still, it almost went to overtime. Saints had a two-point conversion to tie it. Uh, penalty called to force them to have like the two-point Hello, everyone. This is Ian from the future. Um, as I was editing this podcast, I found out my microphone cut off for about 10 seconds. I didn't really say anything important. I think my microphone was just getting sick of me ranting about the Titans. So uh, that's why there's a random break mid-sentence here. But anyways, back to the rant. One by two points. Saints covered, by the way. That was a winning bet for me last week. Week before, two terrible throws by Stafford gave him the win. One was a pick six. The other was returned to the one-yard line. So basically pick six early in the game. That week, the Titans offense was dead last in yards per play. Worst offense in the NFL that week. They won because of those two interceptions. Now, I'll give them the Bills win. I'll give them the Chiefs win. Two very solid wins. Chiefs sucked then. They kind of still suck now. The Bills win was impressive, but still the Bills probably deserve to win that game. They're just a team that they get turnovers at the right time. Uh, they get 
the calls go their way. There was a roughing the passer, Tannehill against the Saints last week. That was one of the worst roughing the passer calls I've ever seen. They just have things go their way that you need to go your way in order to win games. So, I and and I'm I'm right. <laughs> I'm I'm right. You can you can get mad at me all you all you want, but everything I've said is a fact. I have not said anything that's not a fact. So, right? Am I am I crazy? I think I'm just saying facts here. So I'm sorry, Titans fans. Congratulations on having congratulations on having a good season so far. You will be in the playoffs, but you're frauds. Texans plus ten and a half, minus one fifteen. Then we got the Bills. Colts. I'm taking the Bills minus seven and a half, minus one hundred five. Now, as hard as it might be to do, because I think this game is still in the back of people's heads, we got to forget about the Jaguars game for the Bills. That was an anomaly. That was a bad game. Bad games just happen. That happens in sports. The Bills are still first in the NFL by a mile in net yards per play, plus 1.52 net yards per play. The next best team is the Rams at plus 0.98. So they are, if you're looking at net yards per play, first by mile. Best defense in the NFL, another offense faces a Colts defense that is 23rd in opponent yards per pass attempt. I expect Josh Allen to have a big game here. Not overthinking this one. Also, Everno is starting to jump on uh, the underdog train, by the way. I think they're covering at like 58% so far this year. Favorites are going to have a big week at some point soon. Listen, I've been betting on the NFL too often. I know how this kind of works. There, there's always a little bit of... Not, not to say the underdogs, but it's not to say it's going to be 50-50 by the end of the year, but the end of the year, underdogs won't be winning, hitting at 50, 58%. Sometime around now, I don't. It might be this week. It might be next week. It might be the week after. There will be a week where favorites cover the spread at a high rate. I think it's this week, judging on the matchups and judging based on my bets. I could be wrong though. But that's why anytime there's there's a lot of games this week where I'm kind of torn on the spread. I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean a little bit more towards the favorites here. Uh, so Bills minus seven and a half, minus 105. Then we got Dolphins Jets. Um, I'm on three unders this week, and this is the first one under 44 and a half, minus 110. Now, part of me wants to get mad at the Jets for benching NFL MVP Mike White. The other part of me wants to praise the Jets for starting elite quarterback, two time Super Bowl winner, 73 year old Joe Flacco. I don't know what ironic take to have, um, about the Jets. Um, I think I kind of like the NFL MVP Mike White angle, but he sucked last week, so it's kind of tough to, to jump on that train. So um, let's go Joe Flacco. I can't believe Joe Flacco is starting game 2021. How old is Joe Flacco? Seriously. People forget two-time Super Bowl champ. 36. Oh, I say that. Tom Brady's 52, and he still plays. I'm taking the under here. 26th and 31st in yards per play, 28th and 29th in points per play. Miami's defense is fine. They're round average, slightly below average. Jets' defense has sucked recently, but it may not matter against this Dolphins offense, which is like right there with the Bears as the second or worst offense in the NFL. This game is going to be a stinker. I'll just take the under and move on. It's Dolphins-Jets. I don't want to waste any more time on this game. I hope I don't see a play of that game. Uh, Saints and Eagles. Going to take Saints plus two at minus 110 here. This is an interesting one. So listen to this. Nick Sirianni, if you listen to this podcast from the start of the season, the like through the first six, seven weeks, I was begging Nick Sirianni and the Eagles to start running the football. Well, they finally have in recent weeks dramatically. Um, and now in the last three weeks, the Eagles are two and one. And their loss was a pretty respectable loss. It was a three-point loss to a very good Chargers team. So listen to this. This is what's important here. Their season average run play percentage was it is 47.85%. Their run play percentage over the last three games, 68.31%. So they've run the ball over 20% more times over the last three games than their season average. And that season average includes the last three games. So... If you go from, um, I didn't do this, but if you go from um, weeks 1 through weeks uh, 8, and then weeks 9 through 11, I forget where the bye week is there, but you know what I'm trying to say, it would be even bigger than that. But even if you include the last three weeks in the season total average, still 21% higher run play percentage. So Nick Sirianni was finally like, screw it, let's run the ball, and it has worked for them. 
two and one in their last three games. They look like they could go on a run to make the playoffs. They barely lost to a very good Chargers team. But I know I said it was on the Saints and then I just praised the Eagles a lot. The issue is, the problem is that this week they play against the top run defense in the NFL. And I have a soft spot for the Eagles. I've this is actually I think this is the first time I'm I think this is this the first time I'm betting against them? I think this is the first time I'm actually betting against the Eagles. I think I've bet on them every week, and then there's one week I bet on a total and a loss. But I think I think this is the first time I'm actively betting against the Eagles. Uh, but it's a Saints run defense. Saints are first in the NFL by a mile in opponent yards per carry, only average, only allowing an average of 3.1. Next best team is allowing 3.7, which is the Bucks. So they're allowing point, uh, 0.6 fewer yards per rush than the next best rush defense. So this is going to be a tough stylistic matchup for the Eagles offense. Jalen Hurst is going to have to take uh, take the take on the Saints through the air. I don't know if he can do it. Now, I know the Saints' offense stinks right now, but I think their defense can win them this game. I'll take New Orleans plus two. Not going to take money line. Could be a close game. Could come down to the last second field goal, so I'll take Saints plus two. Then we got 49ers-Jaguars. I will be taking the 49ers minus six and a half, minus 110. I would recommend jumping on this soon because the public is all over the 49ers. I assume this line is going to probably move to seven before kickoff on Sunday. Now, I will say... About the 49ers. I full-on regret the Rams bet against the 49ers on Monday night. Um, out of all my picks this week or all my losses, that's going to be one that's going to stick with me. And the reason why, not because it wasn't even close, but if you remember last week's episode, I didn't give a lot of reasons to back up my Rams pick. It was really just a gut pick, and I'm adamant on not making gut picks. It was just a bad handicapping job by me. Of all the losses this year, I can I can take it where I handicap a game and I have reasons to back it up and I explain those reasons and the bet loses. I can handle that, but for, on a personal level, uh, I'm not happy with the fact that I... If you would have asked me like on the streets, hey Ian, why do you like the Rams tonight? I wouldn't have really had a lot of good reasons because the numbers were actually pretty close. It was a full-on gut bet. That's not what I do, and then I paid the price for it. So hand up, my mistake on the Rams on Monday night... Not going to make that same mistake mistake again. It was a bad handicapping job. The 49ers are 6th in the NFL in net yards per play. They are better than people think. Jag- Jaguars, of course, near the bottom in net yards per play. They stink. Now, you may think this could be a sell-high, buy-low spot, but I don't think it is. I think the Jaguars, or sorry, the 49ers are just better than people think. They're also 5th in yards per pass attempt. Jaguars are 27th in opponent yards per pass attempt. Jaguars' secondary is terrible. 49ers, I mean, say what you want about Jimmy G. He's been very effective the past, like, five, six weeks. So I'm buying in on the 49ers. I think this is a bounce-back spot. I think the 49ers make the playoffs as well. How about that? 49ers, minus 6.5, minus 110. Washington against the Panthers. This is my second under bet. I'm going under 43. Panthers' defense is fantastic. It's a main point fantastic and I don't think they're getting enough credit from the from the NFL media second in opponent yards per play second in opponent yards per pass stemmed fourth and third down defense and I saw another one and I I don't think I wrote it down but um very good defense and that's with almost getting no help from their offense so that's a great start for the under next let's not forget Cam Newton who it looks like is going to start this week that's I mean this is not MVP Cam Newton he had one touchdown run this past weekend, and then he screamed, I'm back at a camera, and now everyone thinks he's going to be a stud again. He's not. Guys, remember what he was like last year? And he was on the Patriots. He was being coached by Bill Belichick last year. Mac Jones is looking, making Bill Belichick look like he's going to be the next Tom Brady. Cam Newton sucked with the Patriots last year. Not buying in. Not buying into the Cam Newton hype. And then there's the Washington offense and defense. Both are meh. Like, if you look at both offense and defensive numbers, they rank like around 20th. Like bottom third of the league. So this is a pick on number one. The Panthers offense, or sorry, the Panthers defense is amazing. And uh, I don't believe in Cam Cam Newton. I think the spread is set at the right number of three and a half. I think that's a correct number for this game with the Panthers at home. So I'm going to back the under and let's see what happens. And that wraps up the early slate. Um, so now we're going to take a little, little ad break. So we'll be back here in just a moment. All right. 
And we're back, and I'm noticing that this is, uh, even without, like, a pre-pix rant, this is going to be a long episode. I think I ranted about the Falcons and Titans maybe a little bit too long. <laughs> Alright, let's get in the late afternoon slate on Sunday. Raiders and Bengals are going to take the Raiders even money against the Bengals. This is my other, I, I mean, it, it is a money line underdog pick, but I mean, even money, it's barely an underdog. Uh, but the Raiders got crushed by the Chiefs last week, but I'm not quite, quite ready to sell my Las Vegas stock just quite yet. They're still 5th in the NFL in net yards per play. The Bengals are 10th. They're also 5th in opponent yards per pass attempt, which is huge if you want to beat the Bengals because the Raiders and Bengals both get the majority of their yards through the air. Uh, passing yards percentage, Raiders are 1st, Bengals are 7th, um, and the Raiders have the better pass defense. Now, this is really going to be a prove a game for me. Whichever team kind of wins this game here will officially have my respect. I just had a massive sneeze into the microphone, but don't worry, I'm going to edit that out after. Credit to me for editing out a sneeze, so I'm not so I didn't sneeze in all of your ears just then. Uh, but as, as I was saying, maybe I should I, maybe I should beep it instead. Now I'll just cut it out. Um, whichever team gets the win here is going to have my respect. I mean, both teams are very comparable in both stats. To be honest, there's not a lot of edges. And this one, I think the biggest and most notable one is that the Raiders' pass defense is a little bit better. Uh, but both, I mean, like I said, most stats are right next to each other. The Raiders are home underdogs. I'll take a shot on them. It feels like everyone's owed on the Raiders after what happened Sunday night. Eh, give me the Raiders even money. Certainly not one of my most confident picks, though. Uh, Cardinals-Seahawks. I'll take the Cardinals minus 2.5 at minus 105. And I'm banking on Kyler Murray being back. But this Seahawks team is not good. They're almost like the Chiefs, where like people keep expecting them to be good because you think Russell Wilson, you think Pete Carroll. They're not really a good team. They just aren't. we got to start treating them as such. Also, the way to beat the Cardinals is by running the football, This and the Seahawks aren't good at doing that. Arizona's fourth in opponent yards per pass attempt, but 31st in opponent yards per carry. So the Cardinals are very similar, at least their defense, very similar to the Packers. Very good at stopping the pass, not good at stopping the run. So when you take on a, a team that's kind of more, you know, uh, uh, of a passing team, then they're going to do all right. And the Seahawks are a little bit more of a passing team. Not a good stylistic matchup for the Seahawks here. Um, and the Seahawks uh, are 19th in opponent yards per pass time. So their passing defense has not been great. So if Kyler Murray does play, he should be able to get some yardage through, through the air. Now, if he doesn't, I would be interested to see where this line shifts to. Um, I don't know if I would take the card. And I don't. I would not take the if if by the time I listen to this Colt McCoy is in, uh don't don't take the Cardinals. Take the under if Colt McCoy's in. Uh but that's my play for that. I kinda like the Cardinals there. Uh Sunday night football, Cowboys Chiefs. No, this is not Sunday night football. It should be. This should be a why is this not a primetime game? Because this is easily game of the week. Flex out Falcons Patriots out of Thursday night and put in Cowboys Chiefs, so I don't need to watch my Falcons get their ass kicked on Thursday night. Uh, Cowboys plus 2.5, minus 105 here. Yes, the Chiefs got beat up by a Raiders team when you look at the scoreboard, um, but I ain't convinced that they're back. The Raiders had several dropped interceptions, including the one which ended up being the game ceiling touchdown for the Chiefs. Deshaun Jackson fumbled on what should have been a clear touchdown. Uh, the ball just kind of bounced their way that night, and that happens. That's fine. Chiefs deserve the win, but I'm not ready to say that they're back. Now, this will be a true test for the Chiefs. If Kansas City can beat the Cowboys, then I might be willing to say that they're back, but we'll see. Cowboys have the best offense in the NFL, 6.3 yards per play. Uh, we've been showing that a good defense can shut them down, but the Chiefs don't have a good defense. To their credit, they have been much better in recent weeks. I will concede that. But so has the Cowboys defense. So listen to this. Over their last three games each, Cowboys defense is giving up 4.8 yards per play. Chiefs defense is giving up 5.4 yards per play. Both are improvements compared to their season-long numbers. Um, but if you're going to come at me and say, well, the Chiefs defense has been, has been playing better recently, I would counter that to say, well, the Chiefs or the Cowboys defense has actually been playing even better recently. Cowboys defense has been good the last three weeks. Uh, and the Cowboys can run the ball. They're averaging 4.6 yards per carry, one of the best running teams in the NFL, and the Chiefs can't stop the run. 27th in run defense, allowing 4.6 yards per carry. Cowboys third and third down defense. Chiefs are 16th. Listen, I can keep going, but the large majority of the stats back up the Cowboys here, and they are underdogs. So I will gladly take the Cowboys plus 2.5, minus 105 against the Chiefs. Now, Sunday night football. 
This was my best bet of the week that I gave out on the bet side of best bets roundtable earlier earlier in the week. Chargers, so it was at five. It got up to six when I recorded the video. It's gone back down to five and a half, so that's what I locked it in at tonight. Chargers minus five and a half, minus one ten against the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. I missed the Bears money line against Steelers two weeks ago because of a last second field goal and because of a disgusting performance by the referees. And then I pushed the Lions plus 310 money line against the Steelers uh, this past week due to a tie that was caused by a missed extra point and a missed field goal. This Steelers team is not good. And I will continue to bet against them the rest of the season. This Steelers team stinks. The only reason that they are winning games at all is because Mike Tomlin is a very good coach. This team is not good. Not only do they have a ton of injuries, but this is an offense that is 27th in yards per play and yards per carry, 26th in points per play, 28th in yards per pass attempt. This is not a good team. And now you're going to say, yeah, but Ian, their defense is good. Their defense is one of the best in the NFL. It's not. And I'm sick of announcers. Side note. How do commentators and announcers get away with saying things that are just factually incorrect all of the time? I forget what team it was that they were, um, uh, I think it was a Jacksonville game this past week. And I forget who the commentator was, but they were like, you could really run the football against this Jacksonville defense. They are not good at stopping the run. Heading into last week, the Jaguars were third in opponent yards per carry. They were a very good run defense. I mean, you would think as a commentator, you would look at stats and know this thing. Now, commentators all the time, watch out for the Steelers' defense, truly an elite defense, one of the best defenses in the NFL. The Steelers are 14th in opponent yards per play and 25th in opponent yards per carry. They're not good. Their secondary's decent. They can stop the pass half decently. But they're just total opponent yards per play. They're average. Run defense, they're one of the worst in the NFL, 25th. So... That narrative, see, t- people just get narratives stuck in their head from recent years, and they just stay stuck in their head for like two, three years later than what they should. The Chiefs aren't a good football team. The Steelers' defense is average. You know, there's a lot of just tropes that people just have stuck in their head. This, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. That is what tells the story of these games. Chargers minus 5.5, minus 110. I hate the Steelers. I hate the Steelers. Sorry, Steelers fans. Uh, Giants, Bucks on Monday Night Football. I didn't even know this was the Monday Night game this week. What a strange Monday Night Football game. Um, I'm going to take the under. This is my third under here. So I got under 49.5 minus 110. The numbers kind of say to take the Giants, but my heart and the eye test is screaming to take the Bucks. So I'm just going to pass on the spread. I think the spread's like 10.5. I'm just going to take the under 49.5. That seems like a high total, especially because the Giants defense, not bad. Giants defense is 10th in opponent yards per pass attempt, 11th in third down defense, 6th in red zone defense, which is massive for an under. If you're going to bet an under, you got to look at how good each team is in the red zone because you would much rather field goals and touchdowns. So that's very key if you want an under. Uh, the Giants can be run on. They're 23rd in opponent yards per carry, but the Bucs don't run the ball. In fact, no team runs the ball less than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now we all know the Bucks' defense is also good. We all know that. Second best in defense in stopping the run. Seventh in opponent yards per play. Um, but despite both defenses being a top 10 defense, the total's at 49.5. I love this under here. Under 49.5 minus 110. So there you have it. There are my best bets for every single NFL Week 11 game. It is late at night here. It is 1.38 in the morning. I still need to edit this and upload this. Um... And then I will be a zombie all day Thursday. But hey, this is the grind, my friends. This is the this is the grind of the NFL season. We're past the halfway mark. Thanksgiving's next week, so we'll have three games on Thursday. That'll be interesting. Um, yeah, my best bets. Oh, I didn't write. I didn't put down a teaser. I'm gonna pause this. I, I'm gonna pause this so I can c- come up with the teaser. I'll be right back. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna toss in another ad. Sorry. Here's another ad. I'll be right back. All right. And we are back. Thank you for that. Um, I guess so my best bets in my teaser. I do got a teaser now. I think I'm like one in three or one in two. I think one in three now with my teaser. So, hey, this is my first season even trying teasers. So uh, I'll get the hang of it. Uh, my teaser bet for this week, and then I'll and then I'll do a recap of all my picks, and I'll give my five best bets. My teaser. 
We're going to tease the Bills down from 7.5 down to 1.5 against the Colts, and we're going to tease the Saints from plus 2 to plus 8. So both of them were crossing both key numbers of 7 and 3. Uh, we're giving this, that Saints defense a little bit more help there with 6 extra points. I'd be shocked if the Bills don't at least beat the Colts here by two points. So I love this. This might be my favorite teaser so far. So uh, Saints plus eight against the Eagles. Bills minus seven and a half against the Colts minus 120. There's my teaser bet. Now I will recap my picks. I'll make sure that I do not speak too fast. And then we'll go over my five best bets. So ha, 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 let's go. Patriots minus seven minus 105 against the Atlanta Falcons. We got the Baltimore Ravens minus five, minus one ten against the Bears. Then we got the Browns minus eleven and a half, minus one ten against the Lions. Vikings plus one ten against the Packers. Texans plus one plus sorry plus ten and a half, minus one fifteen against the Fraudulent Titans. Also, by the way, uh, last week I misspoke on a pick. I think I said uh, when I was going through best bets. I think I said. Um, uh, Cardinals against the Panthers. I will try not to misspeak again during best bets. Bills, minus 7.5, minus 105 against the Colts. Dolphins, Jets, under 44.5, minus 110. Saints, plus 2, minus 110 against the Eagles. Uh, 49ers, minus 6.5, minus 110 against the Jaguars. Washington and the Panthers, under 43, minus 110. Raiders, even money against the Bengals. Cardinals minus two and a half against the minus 105 against the Seahawks. Cowboys plus two and a half minus 105 against the Chiefs. Chargers minus one and five minus five and a half minus 110 against the Steelers. We got the Giants in the box under 49 and a half minus 110. My five best bets for the week. Uh, how to do with my best bets last week? I'm just gonna look it up here. I apologize for typing in your ears here. Um, at the end of the season, I'm going to go through and add up my record and my five best bets and then compare it to my total record and see how I did. Best bets last week was Cardinals hit, Saints hit, Packers hit, Raiders did not, Rams did not. So I went 3-2 and two with my best bets last week. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, my best bets this week is going to be Chargers minus 5.5 against the Steelers, Cowboys plus 2.5 against the Chiefs, Patriots minus 7 against the Dirty Birds, Saints plus 2 against the Eagles, uh, and Giants Bucks under 49 and a half. There you have it, my friends. Subscribe to the podcast, rate, review it. I don't know why this one was so long, but it was. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you all. Best of luck whether you decide to tail, fade, mixture, both, make your own picks, whatever you do. Best of luck. I love you all dearly, and I will speak to you all next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.